Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Well, police arrested Kyle Rittenhouse, 17, yes, 17 years old, uh, Antioch, Wisconsin, for fatally shooting a demonstrator. He's been charged with first-degree intentional homicide. This from uh, Travis Geddes over at rawstory.com. The militia members had gathered to protect a gas station from looters and vandals, and video shows police offering Rittenhouse water shortly before the shooting and thanking him for being there. Another video shows Rittenhouse open fire with a rifle after he's knocked to the ground and then calmly walking toward police vehicles with his hands raised in surrender. However, no police officers are seen getting out of their vehicles, which continue advancing toward the protesters. Rittenhouse then fled the state and was considered a fugitive. He was arrested. So, 17-year-old white guy. Uh, This is what happens when you have a mentally ill fascist in the White House. I I don't know how to say it beyond that. And I think we just need to very bluntly lay this out and say this is exactly, this is exactly what's going on. Charles McMillan Jr. and his son and a childhood friend, Kendrick Clemens, were dropping off a U-Haul truck. This is in Tallahassee, Florida. And the next thing they knew, they had used this U-Haul truck and they were dropping it off. This was at a shopping center. And the next thing they knew, they had bullets flying over their heads. The two shooters, uh, Wallace and Beverly Fountain, a couple of white people, saw these three black people, Charles McMillan Jr. and his son and his his son's friend, Kendrick Clemens, who had rented this truck. They were returning it and dropping it off. This white couple saw them. They were not armed. They were dropping off a U-Haul. And this white couple got their guns and literally started shooting. The Fountains have been arrested and charged with three counts of aggravated aggravated assault with intent to murder. It's crazy. And Trump's lie at this Kenosha camera shop. This is really breathtaking. Laura Clawson writing about this for the Daily Kos. Donald Trump can't even, she writes, can't even visit a burned down business without lying about it. When the owner of Rhodes Camera Shop refused to be part of Trump's tour of Kenosha, Wisconsin, Trump didn't take the company, the business off the tour. He just went with an alternative owner. Seriously. The actual owner, Tom Graham, bought this store eight years ago after working there for decades. So he's been working there for 20 years plus And he bought the store eight years ago, but he didn't want to go along with Trump's little dog and pony show. So Trump reaches out and gets uh, John Rode III, the former owner of the camera shop and the owner of the property on which it stands, and introduced him as the owner of the business, and the guy didn't correct him. There's like nothing this guy can't lie about. Mo in West Palm Beach, Florida. Hey, Mo, what's up? What are your thoughts? Why do you think so many voters are now attracted to the Republican Party and Trump vote. Early on during the uh, conventions, uh, Joe Biden had a lot of hope going into into the election. Now it's so much closer. Why do you think that is? 
Never underestimate the power of fear, Mo. Fear was what Richard Nixon used in 1968. Fear among white people of black people, basically. That's how Donald Trump started his campaign back in 2015. Be afraid of brown people coming from Mexico. They're going to rape your wife. They're going to kill you. They're, you know, et cetera, et cetera. They're going to take your job, you know, et cetera. The Republican Party has basically been selling fear ever since the Southern Democrats stopped selling fear in 1965 because they couldn't do it anymore because their party had just pushed through the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act. So the Republican Party, as Richard Nixon famously, you know, said and did, in the 1968 election, picked up those white racist votes. And so you've got people who are openly racist and people who are just, you know, racist light. They're frightened. The other scares them. And you can expect to see Trump, Fox News, right-wing hate radio, and frankly, the paid callers into this program from the Republican side really pounding on this fear thing. Oh my God, the cities are burning. No, our cities are not burning. Oh my God, people are being killed. Well, you know, not so much. Oh my God, black people are, you know, fill in the blanks. I mean, this is where they're going to go. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives. And it's going to get more and more intense and the ads coming out of the Republican side against the Democrats are going to get darker and darker, both metaphorically and literally. Gwendolyn in Rialto, California. Hey, Gwendolyn, what's on your mind? I was talking about the unfit Donald Trump. A while back, they talked about he was on Adderall. Is that a true fact, number one? And if it is, what side effects, and have they even evaluated that in, into his behavior? There's a guy who worked on the Celebrity Apprentice shows that Trump had on NBC for, what was it, 14 years, I think. He has said publicly on numerous occasions that he watched Donald Trump and people around him snorting cocaine and snorting Adderall, which is a drug that's given for ADHD and for narcolepsy and things like that. Adderall is a combination of three different amphetamines, dexamphetamine, methamphetamine, and just pure amphetamine. And each one lasts a different period of time, and each one takes effect at a different rate. But basically, you know, it's like street cocaine, snorting, snorting Adderall. I mean, it's really, really serious, potent stuff. He's of the opinion that Trump is still doing that. I don't know if a 70-some-odd-year guy can safely snort Adderall. I mean, that seems to me like a prescription for a stroke. But on the other hand, I've noticed that when Trump walks, he's kind of dragging his left foot. And I'm thinking he had a stroke, and that's why he went to Walter Reed. And, you know, he's only slightly physically impaired from it, perhaps slightly mentally impaired, who knows. But, But, you know, Adderall is nasty stuff, and it wouldn't surprise me if he's still taking it. People who do that tend to sniff a lot, and Trump does that from time to time. Gwendolyn, thanks for the call. Tom in Jerusalem, Israel. Hey, Tom, what's up? Yeah, hey, I was just wanting to pass on a little Kenosha information. I have an aunt there, and I called her yesterday, obviously concerned, and her son was literally taking her like falling tail to get out of the house because she told me there was word out on the street that they were going to have troublemakers coming in. Now, I didn't get all the information, Hmm. but, you know, after I see now that there was shootings, this is just surreal. It's just went to levels that are unbelievable. And I mean, just her personal things going on in her life. She lost her husband last year to cancer. Her brother is dying of brain cancer. You know, people have lives and these right wing nut jobs are ruining the country. Yeah, it is a death cult. I mean, I just thought I would pass that on because obviously, you know, these police forces, they know about this stuff. It's not a secret to them. Yeah. Anyway, I know you got a long call. Oh, the um, cops gave a bottle of yeah. water to this 17-year-old kid with no. the gun and said, thanks for oh being God. here. And then he went off and shot some people. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, it's you know, take. my aunt was just wondering, is my property still going to be here? You know, because there's a whole bunch of, yeah. you know, agent provocateurs out there. You know, it's Pro over and over again now. You know, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Richard Nixon is riding again. I'm with you, Tom. Tom. Oh, my God. Yep. Be well. Be well. Tom, thanks. Thanks for the call. Yeah, you too. And thanks for watching us there in Israel. 
You too. Paul in Benton, Pennsylvania. Hey, Paul, it was in Pennsylvania, by the way, that uh, shots were fired last night at this group of 60 Black Lives Matter marching people who are walking from Milwaukee to Washington, D.C. They're in Bedford County. They're on their way to the anniversary of Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. And one of their people has been shot already. And then last night, people were shooting at them there in Pennsylvania. What, what's going on in your state? Yeah, Tom, you know what? This doesn't surprise me at all. You know, we have to start calling it what it is. These guys are not legitimate militia members or anything. The only legitimate militias there are in this country is the National Guard. These guys are armed insurrectionists. They're authoritarians. They're the equivalent of Hitler's brown shirts. There, I I said the H word, Hitler. These are the equivalent of the brown shirts. They wrap themselves in the flag and the Constitution and all this stuff, but there's nothing constitutional about them. Until we get a handle on this, they've been waiting for this. Some of these guys are more well-armed than people in our military, and we have to call it for what it is. They're armed insurrectionists. They're authoritarians. This is what they've been waiting for. They've been waiting for this. And I guarantee you one thing. If every Black Lives Matter protester was marching, carrying an AR-15 or an AK-47, we would not have this problem. I'm not sure that's true. I think, Paul, if every protester was carrying a weapon, we would be in a civil war right now. I get your point and that, you know, a lot of these guys are bullies and that they might back down when, you know, somebody pushes back. But I don't think more weapons is the solution to the problem. But in every other regard, I I agree with everything you just said, Paul. Jeff in Gurney, Illinois. Hey, Jeff, what's up? Hey, how you doing? On the same point, if we take the guy that's getting the water bottle from the police and we make him a black guy, first of all, does he get the water bottle? That's one point. If he's walking away with an AK-47 or a similar piece of equipment in his hand, and is walking towards the police, I think the outcome is different. They talk about white supremacists, yeah. the white power thing. They just looked at this guy like, one of the gang. You know, hey, all right, he's a white guy. If he's a black man, right. he's down exactly. in the dirt. Right? Yeah. No, he'd be dead. What's going he would on. be we dead. He'd be dead or, yeah, well, it's a possibility. Yeah, he, he's got the weapon in his hand. Shoot him dead right in the spot. I mean, for Christ's sake, we're, we're shooting a guy in the back. When at any point they could have just put the cuffs on that other guy, they, they chased him around. It looked like they were yeah, seven times the they shot him in the back. Right, exactly. But at any point, yeah. the guy could have—he wasn't running away too hard. He could have slipped the cuff on him and got him. But no, they just shoot it. The whole thing's terrible. You know, we're not that far from Kenosha, and we obviously we go up there once in a while, but it's just a terrible situation. If anyone else decide a white yeah. guy even shot or laying his face in the dirt, so it's just—that's white power right there. It really is. This is white supremacy on display. And let's be very clear. That's what these people are fighting for. That's what, you know, Melania giving her speech in, you know, military green fatigues, looking all hyper Aryan. That's what Trump was fighting for. I mean, this is all about white supremacy. That is what's going on. And, And you look at the modern Republican Party and that's what you see is white supremacists and people promoting white supremacy. Jeff, thank you for the call. It's, you know, spot on. I mean, this is... What a time we live in. You're listening to Tom Hartman. John in Kansas City, Missouri. Hey, John, what's up? Hey, nice to talk to you, Tom. I'd like to talk about a sensitive subject. And it is about black people really arming themselves. I spoke to your call screener. This is nothing new. This pattern that the right wing likes to call isolated incidents has been happening way too often. And I am a follower of Martin and Malcolm. But right now with these right wing vigilantes just pulling guns on people just jogging or picnicking at the park or riding their bikes. There's an article in Raw Story Today where an 11-year-old girl was attacked with a, knocked upside the head with a, uh, by a Trump supporter, a right-wing bully. She's lying in the hospital with a concussion right now because she said, black is beautiful. All right? Um, I read the article. I, right. I have not owned a gun in 40 years. All right? I don't go 
walking through white people's neighborhoods carrying a gun. But it seems like now these guys are doing this with impunity, impunity on us. And with enthusiasm. Yes, very much so. And this is a, for me, because normally I am a person, like I said, I haven't owned a gun in 40 years. But I'd be damned if I'm going to be Trayvon Martin. I'd be damned if I'm going to be going into my own house and have a gun pulled on me. This is the sad state of America. I can't even go to an NRA gun range to practice because they got the Confederate flag and pictures of black people that they take their you know, target practice with. So I'm finding one here in Missouri that is owned by black, black gun range owners. I've been looking into this now. It really saddens me that it has come to this point. Me, really a pacifist. Now, don't get me wrong. I served in the military. I'm a sharpshooter. Very, you know, really, I'm not mm-hmm. a marksman. I'm a sharpshooter. I can pick you off at 500 yards. But these vigilantes need to understand the Second Amendment rights does not just belong to them. I will defend my home. You know, I will not betray I- my margin. You're not going to be questioning me going into my own house and pulling a gun on me. Yeah, I totally get it, John. This is a a debate or a discussion that I know for a fact, because I've been involved in it, is happening in a lot of homes, white and black and Hispanic and whatnot, all across America right now, which is, okay, if we bring a gun into the house, we have increased by 500% the probability that somebody in this house will commit suicide using that gun, and we have doubled the probability that somebody will be wounded or killed accidentally by that gun. Okay, is that risk worth the threat of right-wing vigilantes stopping me in the street? Of course, that would require, in most states, a concealed carry permit, but they're not impossible to get. Uh, Stopping me in the street and trying to kill me, is that worth the risk of, you know, right-wing vigilantes showing up at my home, etc.? I mean, you know, it's, it's like, this is a real tough one, John, for a lot of people. And most of the people, I think, who are having that conversation have that very high risk of bad outcomes if they have a gun in the home, which probably for you, as somebody who has a lot of experience with firearms, it's a much lower risk. But you understand what I'm saying here? Of course. I do understand exactly what you're saying. But to me, the risk is I don't want to be a painted mural on somebody's building because yep. I've wound up like my Arbery or so many unarmed black men. And that's a real thing that I have to deal with, pretty much. I'm not afraid. I'm not going to be afraid to go out of my house because I'm a black man. No, the days of (laughs) those days are over. And this is what some white Americans need to understand. The days of you rolling around in your pickup trucks and doing what you want like you used to do in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, just like we just saw in Portland, right? All these pickup truck waving, you know, flag waving guys with their guns and shooting people. What's different yeah. today than those days from the sixties or from the fifties or forties? Or those days in the eighteen seventies when they were on horseback and they were carrying American and Dixie flags, only wearing white hoods. Exactly. So at least now, you know, I used to live in Washington State. Now I live in the state of Missouri. People who aren't familiar with the Northwest. It's a different way of racism up there. At least here in Missouri, they stand out. I mean, at least I do appreciate that. (laughs) You know, I do appreciate that because, yeah, they let me know where they're coming from. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally get it. I'm checking out of this debate because I see both sides of it and I cannot advise somebody one way or the other. And that's a very different position for me than just six months ago. But I completely understand what you're saying. Keep us up to date on how you're doing, John. Thanks a lot for the call, and thanks for listening to SiriusXM. Mary, watching us on Free Speech TV in Chicago. Hey, Mary, what's up? The racism that is out there already, and I think it's fueled by the uh, demographic changes that are happening in the country itself. And I think there's a great deal of anxiety, you know, involving that. And you got somebody like Trump who's exploiting these fears. I agree with what 
Joe Biden such he's taking the fears and the concerns of a large portion of the population and clearly exploiting them for personal political purposes. And that is yeah. what's really and himself out going of jail. on like that now. I agree, Mary. Yeah. I agree. And it's troubling. You've got basically a mob boss in the White House. In fact, he's an international mob boss in the White House. He runs a very small crime syndicate, mostly his family and a few foreign oligarchs. But, you know, he's a crime boss and he's trying to scare all of America. I mean, I I just, you know, I don't know how Carlos Marcello or Santo Traficati in the White House would be any different than this guy. It's somewhere between shocking, startling and extremely disappointing. Anyhow, Mary, thank you. You said it very well. I appreciate the call. Cindy in Los Angeles. Hey, Cindy, what's up? My viewpoint may be a little idealistic, but I wanted to bring in a different kind of idea to this whole thing. I'm a Lebanese American. I was the only one born here in my family. And the current political climate doesn't seem very foreign to me. Racism aside, it doesn't seem like, you know, listening to the news and the debates and the corruption. I just feel like the guys have finally been lifted in the United States, despite this administration being one of the worst we've seen in history. But I do want to say that it could be an open door for a great time of change, despite a lot of hardship that we're going to be facing. And I also I want to remind Americans, as a Lebanese American, this is why I mention it. I come from a country, and I've spent almost half my life there going back and forth. Uh, Lebanon has a corrupt government. Lebanon isn't doesn't have a government. So, you know, a couple of years ago, trash was all over the street. We didn't have a functioning disposal system. So we rally together and we do something about it called the locus of control. The one thing about the United States is that for some odd reason, out of sight, out of mind, we're working odd hours, paying our bills, you know, we do have control. And we don't have to wait for an administration to pass a law. So I suggest, let me backtrack, I understand that we're in a very heterogeneous society. And we do tend to stick with our own, quote unquote. And when we do converse together, we put on our quote-unquote, American faces, for lack of a better term. But why not every single person sitting at home right now write down a list of the things that they want and figure out a way to do it? Because you can rally together and do it. And I do want to... You're talking about building community alliances? Community alliances. And let them play. Let the government play. Let them do their thing. A locus of control. What can you control right now with community development? I love it. Thank you very much for sharing your experience with us. Sometimes Louise and I just crave a restaurant-quality dinner at home without doing all the work or driving. Well, Cook Unity is the first chef-to-you service delivering locally sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it appears to be less expensive than other delivery options. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman, the two N's, or enter the code Hartman, the two N's, before checking out for 50% off your first week. We just received our first meals from Cook Unity, and what a huge difference it is to get the best chefs in the country to bring creative, delicious meals to us and you every week. Every meal is handcrafted by chefs and made in local micro kitchens, not large production facilities. We just had the chipotle maple glazed salmon with green beans and mango pico de gallo. It had everything we love in a meal. They have all sorts of options like vegan, paleo, pescatarian, gluten-free, and more. Menus are posted two weeks in advance, so you have plenty of time to choose. Experience chef-quality meals every week delivered right to your door. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman, the two N's, or enter the code Hartman, the two N's, before checking out for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using the code Hartman or going to cookunity.com slash Hartman. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. 
Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, Tom Hartman here. In my new book, The Hidden History of Monopolies, How Big Business Destroyed the American Dream, I'll be taking you from the birth of America as a revolt against monopoly, remember the Boston Tea Party, to the largely successful efforts of both Presidents Theodore and Franklin Roosevelt and other like-minded leaders to constrain corporations' monopolistic urges, to the massive changes in the rules of business starting during the Reagan Revolution that have brought us into the cancer stage of capitalism. In the foreword by Ralph Nader, he says, This is the most important dynamic book on the cancers of monopoly by giant corporations written in our generation. End quote. It's the fourth in my Hidden History series, available where all fine books are sold. And don't forget, democracy is not a spectator sport. Democracy starts with you. Tag, you're it. Tom Harvin here with you, and Sharon in Colby, Wisconsin. Hey, Sharon, what's on your mind today? I'm a lifelong wing voter, and I voted for President Obama. I then voted for Trump, and I am now going to be supporting Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. When Trump won, I said, thank God he won. And within about three months, I went to, oh, my God, can America survive this? Hmm. So I basically deprogrammed myself. I went back and I detective worked backwards and found that information I had been fed had come from Gustafer 2.0. But at that time, it hadn't come out what Gustafer 2.0 was. And I also filled out forms for Cambridge Analytica and my own experience. I program myself, so if there's anything you might want to ask, if I can shed any perspective. I find it fascinating that you determined that basically you were the victim of you know Russian disinformation campaigns in 2016, with apparently the help and collusion of other countries and Republicans in the United States like Paul Manafort. What were the specific things that caused you to think that Trump would be a good thing for this country? I can think of several things that he said that if they were true and taken at face value would be probably good things. I'm curious what they were for you. Well, one of the big things for me was that there had been something with some sort of a problem he had with putting up a flag on one of his properties and that Mm -hmm. it didn't go along with some sort of a one of their rules or laws or whatever, and that he got around that by building up the ground or whatever and then did it, you know, but the thing is, so that made me see that, you know, he's, you know, he's out there, he's fighting to do right. But back then I didn't realize that he, but I didn't realize that the money he paid for it with came out of money that people had donated for other things. He didn't pay for it himself. Oh, yeah. Surprise, surprise. So basically, it was it was his false assertion of patriotism, and, and you ultimately realized that his 
his first interest was not the United States. It was Trump and his family. Is that a good summary? Pretty much, pretty much. And then I started, well, the big thing was, I guess I started fact-checking. And you can't be a good Trump supporter if you fact-check. You can't support Trump. Once you fact-check and get the facts, you see through it. It's like I deprogrammed myself. And what caused me to be able to even see that was my sister, something had happened with a, someone, and they were going to be prosecuted for it. And my sister's reaction was, oh, that bitch. And I thought, oh, my gosh, the person's innocent until proven guilty. And that, I mean, that was that tribal attitude. And that really put a red flag up. Yeah. So that even yeah. pushed me harder to start checking facts. Trying to figure out what was going on. Sharon, fascinating. Pamela in Bremerton, Washington. Hey, Pamela, what's up? Hey, Tom. Hey, what can be done about Fox News, especially if the Dems take control? They're basically state-run propaganda media with Hannity talking to Trump almost every night, advising him. Trump telling the Department of Homeland Security to listen to Lou Dobbs and do what he says. Bill Barr asking Murdoch to muzzle Napolitano. Isn't this illegal? No, it's not illegal. I just got a copy of Brian Stelter's new book, Hoax, uh, Donald Trump and Fox News, and it's had a chance to dig very far into it. I mean, it just, just arrived this morning, but it's pretty pretty startling. Jen Seiko made an amazing movie, The Brainwashing of My Dad, which I think is on Netflix or Hulu, certainly, probably on YouTube. You can easily find it. What we need to do is spread this far and wide, Pamela. Tell people about what's going on. And Brian Stelter's book is a good starting point. Jen Seiko's movie is a great starting point. I mean, you know, if you can find that movie in a media that is, you know, that you're comfortable with and then share it with everybody you know. The movie's several years old, but it's still shocking. And it also offers some suggestions about what we can individually do, at least with the old folks who are stuck on this. Ron, in, is it Penyon, New York? Yes. In a Biden administration, when can a new attorney general be in charge? If he is in charge before January 20th, 2021... Wouldn't it be great to have Trump handcuffed on stage, arrested for all the things they said and did that broke laws? And I think that two big African-American law enforcement men should do the cuffing and take him to the Crowbar Hotel before he escapes back to Russia. Thank you. Dream on, Ron. I am hopeful that we see something like that. But the fact of the matter is that Richard Nixon committed massive crimes Crimes way beyond what he was impeached for that are, you know, part of now of the documentary record. And, you know, he had to leave office, but he suffered no actual punishment, no criminal penalty, no prosecution. Ronald Reagan committed massive crimes. I would argue that he committed treason, cutting a deal with the Iranians to steal the election of 1980 and to hold the hostages until after the election. Well, he got off because George Herbert Walker Bush in the last week of his presidency, pardoned all the people who had been co-conspirators with him and Reagan in this thing. The Iran-Contra pardons on Christmas Eve massacre of 19, what was it, 1992. And George W. Bush and Dick Cheney committed numerous crimes. I'm talking about major felonies like murder and torture and kidnapping and, and, you know, and, and, and doing it in ways that were not just violations of U.S. law, but violations of international law. And they suffered no penalty whatsoever. In fact, they've been largely rehabilitated. So I'm not real hopeful that Donald Trump is going to be marched off in handcuffs because of the things he did in the White House. It does look, though, like Letitia James, the attorney general for the state of New York, the prosecuting attorney, the district attorney for the city of New York, are coming after him with guns blazing, metaphorically. You know, he may face some serious criminal penalties. We will see. Jordan in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hey, Jordan, what's up? The potential dangers of ICE asking about a volunteer force may have emboldened the adult terrorist that was in Kenosha. And is there any type of historical context of, like, for example, people who are not enlisted in the brown shirts acting upon the brown shirts? in Nazi Germany. Brown shirts in the Nazi movement and the black shirts in Mussolini's movement, while they got later brought into government legally, 
for the first few years, and I think maybe the first five years, uh, you know, from the late 20s up until the early 30s in Germany, were entirely a volunteer force. Pretty much anybody who wanted to put on a shirt could show up, although within their senior ranks and their middle ranks, they actually had, you know, rules that they enforced and stuff like that. And ICE just graduated their first class. We have no idea how many people it was. Apparently it was over a thousand. But they just graduated their first class of hardcore right-wingers who have, you know, not been vetted by government, but have been trained in, quote, crowd control, quote, use of weapons, quote, end quote, end quote, citizens arrest. And I'm guessing we're going to see those people at the voting booths this fall. I'm very concerned about it. This is not how democracy should work. Jordan, thank you for the call. Eugene in Chicago. Hey, Eugene, what's on your mind? Good afternoon. I believe two measures should be taken to begin to address police and state-sponsored terror against the black community. The first is I believe the police department should be racially segregated. I don't believe that white people, by and large, because there are exceptions, and Jane Elliott comes to mind, um, have the cultural competence or the sensitivity to have the decision power to decide whether we live or die. Second, after the police department has been segregated racially, I believe police officers should come from the communities that they patrol. It's a different relationship when you know the police officers and they know you and they know your family circumstances. What do you think? I think looking at 40 plus years of science on this, that one of the things we know is that when people live and work in an integrated environment, they become radically more racially tolerant. So I agree with you that police should be coming from the community. But I think that segregating the police would make things worse. You would end up with basically, you know, the Nazi police and, and the black police. I mean, you know, the white supremacy would go on steroids. I well, think but you'd have the Nazi police in the white community. Not oh, I know. They're tear up on us. Now, if you all yeah, I'm not, I'm not disputing that. Nazi and the authoritarian, but we don't want them to continue to heap terror unchecked upon us. We know that the yeah. real Nazis have infiltrated the police department. I get it, and I agree with everything you said, Eugene, except the, the part about the segregation. Uh, I think we need to be integrating this the police force. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Aggressively integrating our police forces. But, you know, I'm not a cop. What do I know? I guess really what I should have said was, I'm not black, what do I know? I mean, it's, it's, I just can't imagine. Well, I can't imagine, but I, I'm certain I don't feel it the way that I would if it were real. Having a police department constantly coming after me because of the color of my skin. It's just, it's, um, Jessica in uh, Chicago, watching us on Free Speech TV. Hey, Jessica, what's on your mind today? I'm so proud of the NBA for being so strong and canceling their games. I feel like that yeah. makes my protests seem worthwhile. The last two protests I did for the post office, we were yelled at by the Trump booger boys. They don't even wear masks. And then I wanted to ask you a question. What happens to all these wealthy people who bet on sports? All these sports people, I'm so proud of them. If they protest long enough, it's going to get the wealthy people mad, too. I don't know, Jessica. I am such a not a sports fan that when I read that the NBA was not going to play their games, I was like, which, which sport is that? It took me a little bit to figure out that it was basketball. It is basketball, right? Oh, it's baseball. Okay, so uh, there no, you go. I, it is basketball, but I think baseball's going to do it, too. Okay, that's what I ultimately figured out. And now there's talk that, you know, the football is going to be doing it, too. And, and I think that, you know, this is a really good and healthy thing. And, and this, is, this is what happens when people wake up and when you actually empower people who have historically been oppressed. I mean, you've got, you know, large chunks of the players in all of these sports now are African-Americans. And they've got power. I mean, you've got people who are making millions of dollars a year in their salaries, and they are exercising that power, and that's great. This is the Republicans' greatest nightmare, that more yeah. black people across the United States in a broader spectrum than just professional sports start acquiring wealth and political power and start saying, you know, we would like to just have the same say the white people do. It's not like, you know, the dystopia that Donald Trump is envisioning of or that was characterized in Birth of a Nation, you know, a uh, 
you know, these god-awful stereotypes of black people running things. But instead, it's just, you know, hey, we're human beings, too, and we would like to have the same rights and the same say. And by the way, please stop killing us. And really, the by the way part is front and center right now. All of this stuff, it's just, it's remarkable. And, and we still have such a long way to go. And, and then you get, you know, these commentators saying, saying, you know, there is no more racism in America. You know, was, uh, I forget who it was who said it two nights at the Republican. Uh, oh, it was Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley said, there's no, America's not a racist nation. Really? <laughs> you know, Nikki, let me tell you about Plessy versus Ferguson. Let me tell you about Dred Scott. You know, we're not a racist country. Really? Uh, let me tell you about the Voting Rights Act and why it was necessary, or the Civil Rights Act and why it was necessary, and why would the white guys on the Supreme Court want to gut it? And Clarence Thomas, too. Conrad in San Diego. Hey, Conrad, what's up? We need to replace that oxymoron vocabulary word, uh, minority, majority. With mm-hmm. co-equal, co-equal. I was talking to a friend of mine who's right wing, and he, he was concerned. Oh, the, the minorities are going to dominate us when they once they become a majority. I said they're not going to dominate us. They're just going to finally rule co-equally with us. You would have thought yeah. I slapped him in, or the face or just become become under. fellow members of our society, Conrad. I mean, that's yeah. the bottom line. Yeah. And by the way, that tipping point was achieved uh, several years ago. There are more black and brown babies being born in America, or minority babies, let's say, uh, non-white babies being born in in America than there are white babies uh, right now. So, you know, wait a couple decades and uh, it's going to, you know, here we are. Uh, And I think it's a fine thing. It's, it's, uh, you know, uh, a more inclusive country. That, 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 That is supposed to be our founding ideal. Anyhow, we'll be back with the Tom Hartman Program, the true people's media. You're listening to the Tom Hartman Program. Speaking the truths, the multinational corporations and fat cat Republicans would really rather you didn't know all about it. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. 
The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Joe in Cupertino, California. Hey, Joe, what's on your mind today? I'm cheer up, cheer up. It's 63 days that I wake up. That's uh, terrible. Yeah. I appreciate Actually, it'll probably be more like, it's going to be more like 100 days because I'm not going to feel safe until January 21st. Okay. It takes 30 days to certify anyway, or at least it used to. My thing is, I was going to report to you. I know you probably are aware of the stresses of healthcare professionals in the public health arena today because of the COVID virus and the shutdown has really affected our community here where I live. And she's been getting threats from some people in uh, our community. The public health director, Dr. Sarah. Who's been getting threats? The public health director, Sarah Cody, has been getting death threats for about four months. And it turns out they made an arrest, I guess, here in town a couple of days ago. It turns out this is a college mathematics professor who's been writing letters to her with uh, Boogaloo influences. And the, uh, the the sheriff's department had a big press conference. But, I mean, that really upset me that she's been doing such a wonderful job trying to keep the infection rate down here. We're at less than 4%. I live in a community that has less than 100 uh, cases per 100,000. But... To send death threats to her, and then this gentleman apparently has been implicated in sending bad letters to the Santa Cruz County Sheriff's officer who was killed. His wife is threatened. So, you know, it's just everybody's kind of at their wits' ends. But I wanted to be positive and say that there's 63 days until the election. I've heard from the mayor in San Francisco that high school kids might even be able to go back to school come November. So I want to be positive and start to look at this as opposed to letting Trump dictate the terms and conditions of the election. Let's just look forward because it's not a matter of what he says anymore. It's about we getting out and voting. Yeah, I am with you. I'm optimistic. I'm looking at the numbers. I'm looking at the polling and I'm just like boggled. You know, here's a guy who... You know, he is a shill for foreign operations, is an international criminal, you know, a mobster, is encouraging, you know, death and destruction, is promoting racism. I just, I'm boggled that even 40% of Americans are seriously considering voting for him. I mean, that shocks me about my country. But, uh, you know, all that said, go ahead, Joe. Well, I'm shocked as well, but I think that those are false numbers. I'm hoping, as I heard somebody comment on your show, that Biden's probably going to win by 60% of the vote. You know what? I have this prescription that we There are no polls that show that, Joe. No, I know. There are no polls that show that. Yeah. No, we have to. We are going to. I would hate to say this, but I mean, I don't know if we'd be having the same situation with turnout if we had another candidate, but we're not going to mention anybody's name. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. No, I think the, I think the bottom line and, I, you know, and I think that Joe Biden is actually, you know, turning out to be a pretty good candidate. And I'm very encouraged by Kamala Harris being on the ticket with him. And, you know, I think that there's a chance that it's going to be a blowout, but there's a chance that it could be stolen. And, you know, once burned, twice shy. Right. We we thought we were going to see the first woman president in the history of the United States back in 2016. And a lot of us, myself included, were you know pretty smug about that. I mean, I was getting a little worried there in the week or two leading up to the election, but by and large, I was with everybody else thinking, oh yeah, you know, we got this thing in the bag. And little did we know. Hi, Tom Hartman here. In my new book, The Hidden History of Monopolies, How Big Business Destroyed the American Dream, I'll be taking you from the birth of America as a revolt against monopoly. Remember the Boston Tea Party? to the largely successful efforts of both Presidents Theodore and Franklin Roosevelt and other like-minded leaders to constrain corporations' monopolistic urges, to the massive changes in the rules of business starting during the Reagan Revolution that have brought us into the cancer stage of capitalism. In the foreword by Ralph Nader, he says, 
This is the most important dynamic book on the cancers of monopoly by giant corporations written in our generation, end quote. It's the fourth in my Hidden History series, available where all fine books are sold. And don't forget, democracy is not a spectator sport. Democracy starts with you. Tag, you're it. Marilyn in Sun City, West Arizona. Hey, Marilyn, what's up? Hi, Tom. I'm always nervous talking to you, but I wish I could bottle you and put you on every front porch in my neighborhood. Just on the Kenoshi thing, I'm just going to say that it's my understanding that any time you shoot someone while in the commission of a felony, it's automatically murder, whether you intended it or not, but I'm not a lawyer. But what I really called about is a little bit of good news, because I am in a deep sea of red here, and I feel so alone. And for this election... More than any other election we've had in the last 10 or 12 years, I am seeing, to my great surprise, more Biden signs on lawns than I saw either Hillary signs, which I only remember seeing one, or Obama signs. And Hmm. there aren't as many as there are Trump signs, but the Trump signs have not increased. But I am amazed that people, there are that many people that actually have Biden-Harris signs out. I'm greatly encouraged by that. Well, that's great. That's great, Marilyn. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you for the call. Ralph in Knoxville, Tennessee. Hey, Ralph, what's up? I got this scenario I'd like to run by you. Maybe you can answer the question. I guess anybody really knows until it happens. What if Donald Trump, what if we're lucky and Joe wins and Donald Trump won't concede? How do you legally get the orange blob out of there? I mean, I... Well, there's a lot of stuff that just automatically happens, Ralph. At noon on January 20th, the nuclear codes expire. At noon on January 20th, his Secret Service detail changes. You know, it would be different people in a different different way of functioning. I don't think he can stop that process. The challenge is going to be whether the Supreme Court intervenes or whether he invokes the 12th Amendment or he can get enough states to go along in a way that might cause the 12th Amendment to be invoked. In other words, if there's some scheme or scam that he can run, because, you know, it's increasingly looking like a lot of people are going to be showing up to vote. Although I'm very concerned, the more the more racial hatred that he can stir up and the more fear that he can stir up of, oh, my God, it's Antifa. Oh, my God, it's Black Lives Matter. The more that he can do that and that Fox News can do that, the more his base is going to show up as well. And frankly, there are people who are being you know radicalized kind of in the center who are freaking out. You know, they're watching Fox News or they're listening to Trump. They're concerned about it. So, you know, we just all need to make sure, you know, double, triple, quadruple check that we are registered to vote and that our registration is current. And if you can easily get a, uh, you know, a by mail ballot and you can turn it in fast, go for it. And uh, if not, you know, be very, very careful, but be sure to vote. Ralph, thank you for the call. Harry in Bryson City, North Carolina. Hey, Harry, what's up? I'm 75 years okay. old. I voted in my first election was 1964. My mother told me when I went to vote that there was two reasons for me to go vote Republican. One, I was extremely wealthy, and the other, I was extremely stupid. Well, I have voted for the Democratic Party in every election since then, except for one year my wife and I voted for Ralph Nader. We've been hopeful all this time that the progressives would come forward, the liberal voters would come forward, and we would get a platform on the Democratic Party. That's not happened, maybe with one exception, Lena Johnson. Well, this year, for this election, my wife voted for Bernie Sanders and I voted for Elizabeth Warren. Now, the Democrats saw fit to put Biden in office. And he had the perfect opportunity to put somebody in as vice president who was a liberal and a progressive, either Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders. He didn't do that. Well, we've decided to set out this election. We're fed up. With the Democratic Party. That's a party. mistake, Harry. That is well, a mistake. You, we, If you don't vote, you are years, voting for Trump. Through, we've decided throughout the years that there's not been much difference in either party. Harry, that's complete BS. And I would bet $50 that Harry is a Republican or is working for the Republican Party. I just want to say to everybody who's listening, you know, people like this are going to slip through. And, and uh, Joyce, please flag Harry's phone number. Yeah, this is, you know, this this sincerity BS. This is the kind of story you are going to be hearing. You're going to hear a lot of people talking like Harry. 
Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm a Democrat. I've been a Democrat my whole life. But this guy, he's just not liberal enough. They're trying to get you not to vote. It is a scam. Harry is a hustler. This is how the Republicans play, because they know that they can't win when they play fair. When the Republican Party plays fair, when they tell the truth about what they're all up to. I mean, Donald Trump has a proposal on the ground right now. He issued an executive order that will cause Social Security to go broke in three years. Broke in three years. And 75-year-olds are calling me up saying, oh, I'm, you know, uh, Joe Biden is just not pure enough for me. Give me a break. Harry, take your con job and shove it. This, you know, Americans are not this stupid. I get it that the, the Republicans have been playing this game since Nixon and Reagan, and they've conned a lot of Americans. They've conned a lot of decent, hardworking, honest Americans. But we don't want to hear this crap anymore. We don't want to hear these lies. We don't want to hear this, th- these attempts. You know, it's, it's, I'm lacking words here. I'm just boggled that a political party would stoop so low, that the Republican Party would stoop so low to be hustling people. On the other hand, I shouldn't be astonished at all. The Republican Party has been running a con on Americans in a big way. I mean, in a public way, right in front of everybody, ever since 1980. Ever since Ronald Reagan came along and said, you know, if you just cut taxes on rich people and big corporations and deregulate them and stop having the anti-monopoly laws and things, average working people are going to get better. And guess what happened in 1980? The growth of the middle class stopped. And it hasn't grown in 40 years. We're at the tail end of a 40-year-long experiment that has shown Reaganomics and the Republican Party are running an absolute lie. And the only way they can continue in power is by lying to you, is by conning you with sometimes these very sincere, folksy little messages like Harry just laid out for us. Very elegant, Harry. Ain't gonna work. We figured you out. We'll be back. So for our Tom Hartman Insider video that's available over at TomHartman.com, it's pretty mind-boggling, actually. Candidate Trump, back in 2016, said, I'm not going to cut Social Security like every other Republican, and I'm not going to cut Medicare or Medicaid. Every other Republican is going to cut, but I won't. That's what he said. Well, what did his budget actually propose? His budget actually proposed, this is last year's budget, Congress didn't pass it, thank God, but this is what his budget proposed. $1.9 trillion in cuts to Medicare and Medicaid, and $26 billion in cuts to Social Security. And now he is block-granting Medicaid to the states, which is already cutting back on Medicaid programs in the red states. You can check it all out over at TomHartman.com. Charles in Sacramento. Hey, Charles, thanks for watching us on YouTube. What's up? Kudos to you, first of all, for calling out bad political actors like Harry because he's spreading the doctrine of defeatism and disempowerment. When I lose it, that's not a good thing. That just defeats everything I'm trying to do. It's like... I understand. But back to you, Charles. Sure. Understandable. I want to use your platform, and I think you might agree with this, to send a message to the centrist, the -the middle-of-the-road liberal Democrats. If you laughed, scoffed, or balked at any of us progressive leftists or social Democrats or Berniecrats who expressed concern over Trump's fascistic tendencies or just called him out as a fascist uh, overall, I think it's time you owe us an apology. Yeah, Charles, I I haven't heard any uh so-called centrist Democrats saying that Trump is no threat or danger to America. I mean, you know, the the main difference seems to be, you know, those areas where there's a a particular interest group, you know, banks or insurance companies, you know, oh, let's not have Medicare for all. Let's just have a public option kind of thing, or let's keep the insurance companies intact. Mm -hmm. But 
Um, I think that, you know, there's a pretty strong consensus across the Democratic Party. And I certainly, you know, I don't know if you were watching TV last week, but if you watched the Democratic National <laughs> Convention, it, it was almost entirely centrist Democrats, probably 85, 90 percent. And they were all saying right. what you're saying. So, I, you know, I just I don't think this is an issue and I don't think we need to worry about it. Terry in Orlando, Florida. Hey, Terry, what's up? Yeah, I just wanted to talk about the racism, structural racism regarding COVID-19 and something I think that is missing besides the socioeconomic factors is I think there's been um, racism in medical research that has neglected something that 6.25 million Americans have but are largely undiagnosed and that's something called G6PD deficiency and the Black Panthers pioneered awareness and screening for this over 50 years ago after the U.S. military first discovered it when black soldiers died when they were given malaria medications. It's a trait that mostly people have that uh, are in areas of the world where our, their ancestors were in the areas of the world where malaria is present so mostly people of color but also people like myself of mediterranean descent and so the civilian research basically has pretty much ignored this and it's been mostly military yeah, this is the, just to cut to the chase here terry this is a recessive characteristic on the x chromosome that has metabolic effects but it has never been clearly linked to to covid certainly there are no, the all kinds of wild ass theories out there including that you know covid is worse than the black community because of vitamin d deficiency which you know there's you, you can create a logic chain where you say oh well that makes a certain amount of sense because the darker your skin the less vitamin d you produce and we none of us get enough sunlight but it, when you look at the simple epidemiology of this the rates at which black people are dying from covid the excess rates of the, at which they're dying from covid are easily explained when you compare them. Uh, there's two major factors that, that numerous epidemiologists have pointed to. One is that they're more likely to be working in those kinds of professions, those frontline professions where they are likely to be in contact with COVID or to be living in higher density housing situations. And, uh, you know, obviously not true of all black people, but of a small, of a, of a substantial portion of the population. And the lack of a healthcare system that actually cares for and takes care of black people. Again, if you look at, you know, the percentage of black people who die from a heart attack versus white people, the percentage of people who die, black people who die from strokes versus white people, the percentage of black people who die from diabetes versus white people, none of these have to do with G6PD uh, deficiencies. They have to do with a criminal and racist Healthcare system, basically. Society, culture, actually. Both can be true at the same time. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I'm just saying the science isn't there yet. You are saying. And, and I don't dispute yeah, anything. And I, but the point is we need the data released from the military. The military knows all the G6PD status of everyone. There are biochemical reasons why the whole purpose of G6PD is to overcome to protect the cells. Right. Terry, I'm going to stop this right here because I, I just, you know, whenever somebody comes along and says, hey, you know, I've got it figured out or I know or the military knows all about it, it's like all kinds of alarm bells go off for me. I, you know, it, it, anyhow, Nicole in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Hey, Nicole, what's up? The group of Black Lives Matter people that are marching, they're literally walking and, and, we're, and a lot of us are following them in Wisconsin. And one of the leaders that is not part of the Black Lives Matter movement is Tory Lowe. They have been experiencing in every state, including Kenosha, when they started walking to Kenosha, a gentleman took a huge gun and pointed it at them, and they and he was ready to shoot them. It's yes, the second. Yes, is there, two of their people out of 60. Two of their people have been shot Yeah, in Pennsylvania, right. Because every place they went, you know, there were counties that were, treated them beautiful. You know, like the mayor wanted to meet them. They fed them. I mean, so it shows the love of some white people. Like, they never experienced black people in some very remote parts of Indiana. And they said they wanted to walk with them. But the mm. guy that did the shooting in Pennsylvania, Tory Lola said, please, please put your gun down. Here's a minister. And he put his gun down, and then he acted like he didn't do anything. And he wanted to talk regular and have a regular conversation and shake their hand. 
And, hmm. you know, and the police was attacking the Black Lives Matter and demonizing the Black Lives Matter. I agree with you. And I, I put this at the feet of Donald Trump, although obviously racism in this country goes back 400 years. But he has politicized the police and he's yep. been doing this for three years. He's been doing it for four or five years, actually, saying that basically the police are on his side. The police are worried about, you know, uh, black people. In I mean, Reagan played this game. I don't think of all the institutions that it is dangerous to politicize, those at the top of the list are the police and the military, the people who carry guns and can legally kill people. And Donald Trump has been doing that. And as you point out, Nicole, this is the consequence of it. And so you get this relatively small number of insecure, neurotic, frightened white people and hate filled as well, although hate typically comes out of fear, who are well armed and, and this kind of stuff happens. James in Oakland, California. Hey, James, what's up? Tarana Burke is a survivor, and Me Too is a message of solidarity to survivors. So I, I think that, like, that domestic violence and police violence are intimately connected. So that's what I wanted to say about that. That's a great point, James. And I think, you know, it sounds to me like what you're saying is, you know, is this movement, has it gone from this kind of tight, small focus. I mean, obviously, it's not small if it represents half of America, but you get my point. Yeah. This one specific focus um, out into a much broader and more institutional part of the landscape of America. I think that's very much the case. I also noticed a couple of days ago on uh, Huffington Post, there was an article wherein one of the uh, what you might call a Me Too activist was specifically saying we need to stop using the word survivors you know, need to come up with kind of warrior language <laughs> as opposed to mm-hmm. victim language. You know, I get that, too. And I think that all of that, this, you know, this, these conversations, the, the assimilation or integration or, or synthesis of, of different movements and all these things are all good signs. They're signs of a movement that has matured. And that's a that's a good and healthy thing. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.